Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. So I'm sitting here with Michael E. Gerber, the man and the legend who wrote the original E-Myth, and then they uh, partnered up with Ken Goodrich and wrote the one for HVAC and plumbing, which was great as well. Uh, this is the original book. It got wet for me, but the story goes like this. Uh, 2007, I started my business, and I met with my CPA, and he said, look, uh, I want you to read this book for me, and this is the first book he handed me in 2007, and it changed my life, and so for our book club, I got to pick my book, and I said, you got to read the original E-Myth, well, re revisit it, so, and of course, this is where I take my notes at the house, because I didn't have paper, <laughs> and then I got a bunch of questions here, so, I don't know where to start, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your journey and why you wrote the E-Myth, I know it's in the book, but uh, it's a pleasure having you here, and Ken, as usual, that podcast we just did was killer. Really, really great. So, well, if that was killer, then this is going to be gargantuan. This is going to be better. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, tell the audience. Well, it's very, very simple. Um, I say it's very simple. A friend of mine who owned a small advertising agency in Silicon Valley um, asked me if I'd come to meet with one of his clients. And he had a small high tech company in Silicon Valley that he'd started up. He had a bunch of salespeople called engineering salespeople, and they couldn't convert the leads that were be cre being created for them um, through my friend's ad agency. So he said, Michael, you got to meet with this guy and talk to him and maybe help him understand what he had to do. And I said, I don't know anything about business. So what will I talk about? He said, don't worry, you know more than you think you do. And um, I said, well, if you want me to do it, I'll go do it. So I sit down with Bob, who owned this small high-tech firm, and I have no idea to this day what he sold. Um, and um, Ace, my friend and my brother-in-law, said, look, guys, spend an hour together. I'll be back to pick Michael up in an hour. So Bob is seeing Ace leave, and he's looking at me. He's saying, Michael, what do you know about my business? I said, nothing, Bob. And he looks a little disgusted, looks at his watch, and we've got an hour to kill with this idiot who doesn't know anything about my business, who's going to tell me how to convert these leads for a product that we sell. So he says, well, if you don't know anything about my business, what do you know about my product? I said, less than that, Bob. <laughs> so Gerber, you understand, if you don't know anything about my business, you don't know anything about my product, how can you possibly help me? I said, I haven't a clue. But Ace, my brother-in-law, who owns the ad agency who's creating the leads, thinks I can. And we got an hour to kill, so let's find out. Okay. So I started that conversation knowing I don't know anything about business. And in the process, I started asking him questions. And I keep on getting anecdotal answers. You understand? He didn't know anything either. Anecdotal answers, well, sort of, well, sort of, well, sort of, well, sort of. And the more and more I ask these questions, I realize what's missing in this business, he doesn't have a selling system. Mm -hmm. 
he was depending upon engineers who understand the product, who had sales experience, but he didn't have a selling system. So we came to the realization what was missing in his business was a selling system. But the more I realized that, I realized he didn't have a management system either. And the more I realized that, I realized he didn't have an operational system either or a financial system either. So it was obvious this guy is winging it, doing it, doing it, doing it, as I ultimately said. And he needed to create a selling system at the heart of this. So he said, well, can you help me do that? I said, sure, Bob. Now you understand. Yeah. I'd never created a selling system. I just used them. And in the process, Ace comes back to pick me up. He said, what happened? I said, he just retained me as his consultant to teach him how to build a selling system. He said, but you don't know anything about his business. And you don't know. I said, Ace, I told you that before I came here. But I know more than I think I did. You were right. That was the beginning of E-Myth. That very experience was the beginning of E-Myth. And then there was another client in a furniture business, another client in an advertising business, another client, and on and on and on and on. And then I suddenly realized Ace didn't really buy what I was saying either in his advertising company. So I had to go out on my own. Ace brought in a guy to take over for me while I went off to start my own whatever lunacy. Yeah. And the guy, after spending a week with me there, watching what I did, he said, I want to go with you. Wow. And that guy was named Tom, Tom Travisano. And Tom and I went and created the very first business development firm in the world to become the very first business coaches on the planet. And the Michael Thomas Corporation was the foundation for everything we've learned and done since with over 100,000 clients, with companies throughout the world, in quotes, doing the e-myth and now doing the Michael E. Gerber process for transforming the state of their business worldwide. And that's what Ken did. Ken, you read the book how many times? Uh, 39. 39 times. I've read it. Probably a dozen. Over 2 million copies sold. Probably a lot more than that. Millions now. more now. Millions and millions more. Millions and millions more. I mean, it's affordable and everybody <laughs> needs to read it. If you haven't Let read me hold that book up. You've got to hold that book. Can you see this that one? book? Yeah. As weathered as this book is, and this book should be shining, it should be in gold, it should be silver and platinum. Come on. As weathered as this book is, it's so critical for you to understand that at the heart of Ken's company, at the heart of Tommy's company, this book is alive and well, and it cost Ken less than $12, I'm sure, when he bought it. How much? Well, it was a gift. <laughs> well, there you go. It was a gift. He didn't have to pay for it. Let, so, let, let me let me jump in on the 39 times so, so everybody understands. I didn't sit down carefully in my chair and, at home and read it 39 times. What I did was, you know, I was in a crisis situation in my business. And, you know, I, I had I, without I think we told the story last time. But uh, so I got someone, a friend had given me the book. And when the crisis happened, I didn't go leave the office that night. And I read it the first time and I couldn't be like, how did this guy has been hiding in the bushes watching me 
And he wrote a book after what I'm doing, but, but he disguised my name. Because I, you know, how does he know all this stuff that I'm doing wrong? And so I read it, that's the first time. Uh, and then that was over the weekend. I read it two more times then. And then, you know, I was contractor, so I wore jeans, and I, would, I put it in my back pocket. And I carried it with me. And so, you know, before, as I would get stuck or I would get frustrated or the things not working, I'd pull it out and I'd just sit, find a quiet place and I'd start reading again. And that's how, but I kept it with me for three years. So 39 times over three years, I guess once a, once a month or so, but it, and that's what it was. It was kind of like my, uh, my guiding light. And I, and when I get stuck, like, what am I doing wrong here? And I would go find the section. I would read it again. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to go do that. That's what's happened millions upon millions oh, upon yeah. millions of times. I mean, I think my favorite, and there's so many good parts of the book, but I love it when he says, the fat guy and the skinny guy. <laughs> and the skinny guy is the hardworking, wakes up early, and it changes everything. And then you got the fat guy, and the fat guy's in your ear, and that's the technician. Uh, you have the technician the entrepreneur and the manager and the technician is who normally runs businesses. I'd say 95%. I don't know the statistic, but yeah. tons of these businesses are run by the technicians that says, I know how to do HVAC or plumbing or garage doors. I should go start a business, but they don't understand how much work and dedication they don't have businesses. They have jobs. Yeah. And then you talk a lot about the infancy, adolescence, and then the mature business. And most people get stuck in that infancy chase. Yeah. you know that that stage of their company so talk a little bit about the infancy stage and you can talk a little bit about your business too but just what you've seen over and over millions of times and why do they don't get out of this technician role yeah well it's very very simple you understand somebody's got a job and everybody here who's listening to us knows what a job is it's where you go to work every day and you're doing it doing it doing it doing it busy 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 and you hate the job and you hate your boss and you hate the fact that you can't possibly control everything that happens. And you realize that if you were to go out and do this on your own, you could have all the money instead of a piece of the money. You could become your own boss instead of working for an idiot who's constantly asking to do stuff that you don't want to do, you don't want to think about, you don't want to hear about, et cetera, and so forth. And so you finally come to the conclusion that what I'm going to do is go out and create my own company. I'm going to go out and become my own landscape contractor. I'm going to become my own real estate agent. I'm going to become my own optometrist, my own dentist, etc. And so forth. And what do you do? You go to work in the company being the person you set out to be. Now you're the dentist and you're the owner of that dental practice. Right. Now you're working for a lunatic. And that lunatic has no idea how to run a, a successfully effective dental practice or a door company or a window company or any kind of company whatsoever. And in case Ken's case, um, it's a HVAC company. So he went to work in this company, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, 
installing HVAC, selling HVAC, cleaning up HVAC, repairing HVAC, all the stuff that a technician learns how to do. And your dad taught you they're really well how to do that. Right. But your dad didn't teach you how to run a business doing that. My dad didn't know how to run a he business. Didn't. <laughs> That's the point. So even worse, you got a father who doesn't know how to do it, and he's teaching you how to do what he doesn't know how to do. And that's the chaos. That it, and they are everywhere you look, up and down the street of America, of the UK, of Australia, of Switzerland, everywhere in the world it's a universal problem. We solved that problem by identifying what doesn't work in order to go to work on it to create what does work. And that means that ultimately when you discover that system, that system at the very beginning, that system for doing what you're setting out to do, you can remove yourself from that system while the system works. And that's why Tommy Mello isn't sitting here doing a garage door. It's because it does the garage door. Tommy doesn't. Tommy invents a company that does the garage door. And that company that does the garage door is the system that Tommy has invented. By reading the E-Myth Revisited, why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. And that's why Tommy, by the way, is gonna become my co-author for the E-Myth Garage Door Company. Yes. Absolutely. Why most garage door companies suck big time and what to do about it. Yeah, you're right. You got it. You know, Ken, <laughs> you can talk a little bit. This is great. I love this. I got so many more. To, hopefully, this one's going to go a little long, I think. But, uh, Ken, you you started out. You went through everything. You've, you've had your battles. You had the IRS come after you. You had uh, you didn't have a pot to piss in. And now you've flipped how many companies? So I've monetized 24 businesses so far. 24 businesses, and you just said you were at the Super Bowl and hurt your back because you were on a yacht. Can I, can, can I just interject a point? Yeah. Because you said something and he said something, and I don't think anybody sitting here listening knows what Ken means when he says I monetized 24 businesses. So I think we've got to get really clear about what Ken means when he says I monetized 24 businesses, because for them to appreciate what that means, and that means something immensely significant, you got to understand exactly what Ken is talking. Can you tell them what you're talking about? How do you monetize a business? Well, monetize is that, that I either sold some or all of the business for a significant profit you know, a infinite amount of return on my investment. So wait a second, do you get what he, you know, we'll put it into really easy language. I sold 24 companies for significantly more than they cost me to create. Significantly more than they cost me to create. That's what Ken said. Now he did that in the beginning. Now he's doing that double, triple, quadruple today. What's it worth today? Well, I'm, you know, my goal is to take my la latest venture and monetize it <laughs> for a half a billion. There you go. 500 million in the next 24 months. That's Did you get goal. that? Did you all get that? Did and you I, get that? 500 million. So, so what, what, let me ask you this. So if I reverse that, I'm going to take 500 million 
and I'm going to use a simple multiple of 10. So you build, so, so basically you need to do $50 million profit, but you're going to get a higher multiple than that at those numbers. Yeah. But so 50 million profit. So if you're at 20% times it by five, you're doing 250 million to become a $500 million company. Now that's, that might not make sense, but basically all I did was take your number. You're getting a multiple that we talk about. And uh, so 250 million, and you've got a path to get there. And what's nice is what I love about this is our it's arbitrage. You buy a company, and you just told me you're getting to put an LOI, letter of intent, on another business we talked two dates ago. And uh, it's you just go in, give them your systems, and it's all of a sudden worth 12 to 15 times what you paid three times for. Isn't that genius? It's 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 like I'm I'm glad I'm 36. I wish I learned when I was 20 how this is done. I you know. Let, let me tell you how I really got here though. See, this is what I want everybody to understand. I had a tragic event in the business, you know, it fell apart, and I and I had to go put it back together. I got the book. I studied the book. I lived the book. I internalized the book. I implemented the book religiously. And I turned the family business around. My dad had passed away at twenty-five when I was twenty-five. I bought the remains of the business from my mom. I I played with it for two years. Thought I was a big shot businessman. Nosedived, got the book, worked it out, and I couldn't just I couldn't leave the business. I couldn't quit because one, I owed the IRS and the IRS, they're with you forever to death do us part. Right? right. So I couldn't, I had to have some vehicle to pay these hundreds of thousands of dollars back to them and it wouldn't be a job. Right. And the second thing was I couldn't bear to go tell my mom that I blew the family business that had supported us for 25 years in two years and I blew it. I couldn't go bear to tell her that. So I had two real uh, motivations to get through it. And I did it and I got through it by implementing the systems in the book. And then I started buying broken companies. I started, brought, a guy wanted to retire so I bought him. I started putting the systems in. Yeah, but you monetized the first one. No, I put three together. That was my first deal. Okay. So I, I bought a broken one. You know why? Because I'm a business turnaround expert because I fucked up my own business so bad and figured out how to get out of it. Now I can fix any. And so I had three of them at that time. And then I, then I sold those three in 97. Mm. But really, that's how, how it came about. Now we have our, we have, Tighten up our systems. We walk in. We have our checklist. We buy a broken business. And listen, I'm noted for buying broken businesses. But let's face it, they're all pretty much broken. I mean, there's yeah. the there's the three percent that are really performing well, and they don't touch them, and they're doing well. But there's 97 percent of the time they're broken. They're not working well. You know, they're headed for a crash, or they're just plain bleeding. And so. You know, so we focus on that because we get the best value. When I bought Gettle, which Gettle at the time is a, was a 75-year-old brand, it was uh, a 
kind of an iconic brand at one time. At one time, they were the largest residential HVAC con contractor in the country. And, you know, they had fallen on hard times. They were losing a quarter million a month. Oh, three million bucks. And they no, they, no one would buy it because they didn't want to catch the falling knife. Right. So I had some equity in the company that owned it. I said, let me let me just give you the equity back and I'll take that. And they're like, where do I sign? Wow. And so I took the company and I and I implemented took our systems and month one, break even. And we went on from there. This year, Gettle, we started uh, the year before I bought it, did eleven million in sales, lost three million. Last year we did hundred and one million, made uh Made a lot. Yeah, get oh. that. I mean, really get that. Um, everybody listening to this, really get that. Well, we we made nine figure profits. Yeah, I mean, really get that. Here, Ken has be became the most avid student. Wait, wait, wait. Eight figure profits. Sorry, eight. Eight figure. I was doing the math. And my book wasn't just smoke and mirrors you understand it was the exact opposite of smoke and mirrors every book on the planet is smoke and mirrors this book is anything but smoke and mirrors this book got to the heart of what was missing in ken's company and the minute ken got a taste of that and he got a taste of that as he read it now hear me i'm not promoting the book guys i'm 83 I'm beyond promoting the book, but I'm promoting your life. Do you hear me? I'm promoting your lives. Every single one of you, when you awaken the entrepreneur within you and you follow a process that is religiously absolutely replicable in every single kind of commercial residential, whatever kind of company on the planet selling any kind of product or service on the planet, and we've done every one of them. When you understand that, that I can turn to Ken and I can say, Ken, you got the secret. It's in the book. Follow the book to the letter. And he's able to do that. Suddenly you understand why Ken being the student that Ken has been over all these years doing it, doing it, doing it, creating a company that is just absolutely transformational on the face of it. You begin to understand why we're so passionate about it, why I can still be passionate at 83 going on 84, not just about Ken, but about the thousands upon thousands of guys like Tommy, who've literally taken this and begun to do it earnestly as though their, their lives depended upon it, and they do, then you can understand why I'm so passionate about it. By the way, let me throw this one point. So I clearly know, like when I, I talk to, I talk to and, and mentor lots of guys in the industry, and they come to my office, and I, I'm certain that we, we see, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred contractors come through our offices every single year and we share what we're doing and we share ideas. But um, I know when you're struggling. I know what it's like. I've lived it. I felt it. And so 
you know, there's things that I had to do to discipline myself to implement that book. Like I had to take drastic measures. Like I went, I got a mirror and I put it on the outside wall as at my office door. And, and I made myself every time I left of the day, I'd have to look in the mirror at myself and say, did you, um, did you improve the business today? Or did you prolong the prolong the agony? Did you improve the business today, or did you prolong the agony? Because it is agony. And you know, at first, I prolonged the agony. I prolonged the agony. I got the book. I looked at some more of the book. I thought about it. I internalized. I left. And and every day I kept score. And it was more prolonging the agony to begin. Uh, and then the improving the business came along. And more and more and more till I was just every day, my whole role was dedicated to improving the business, to improving the systems. And so that's how I got through that. Because a lot of people take the book and they read the book, but then they, they don't do anything about it. They don't do the book. They don't nobody. There's very few people that read a book and do anything with it. I think, you know, I was on a TV show where they said the last one we did was KFC. And I said, Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's interesting. They said, they open up a new store every four hours. And I said, okay, what do I need to do to make A1 open up a new market every single month? And right now we're opening up in Boise, North Carolina. We're, we're opening up. And you grow through acquisitions. I think that's the best way to grow. And that's what I'm going for eventually to find a broken business. One of the businesses I'm looking at isn't broken. He said he does 25%. He did $4 million last year. I just talked to him today. Wow. So I'm in these guys' year all the time going, man, you're 16 and a half years old. Hey, I, you don't have to buy a broken business. I just, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of them out there. And, uh, you know, when I first got started, I didn't have any money. And so the broken businesses were easier to cut uh, creative deals with than buying a real business that you're, you're buying for multiple earnings and, you know, seven-figure price tags, right? So I, I, I learned this crafty way of buying just out of necessity. Yeah, but you understand also that KFC doesn't buy broken businesses. They just start. They got well, Yeah, they, they've got a, They've got a space. Yeah, they're going to put a business on. You understand? It's like this little machine they're putting on that machine, and what does it do? It sells and makes and boom. What McDonald's, it does? McDonald's. Right. In it's the book. KFC. Read, read all about McDonald's. KFC. In the books. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is who we are. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is who we are. We're not anything but who we are. We're not this. We're not that. We're not the other. This is who we are. It's the McDonald's model. So how do you create thirty-seven thousand six hundred and forty-two turnkey hamburger machines throughout the world? You do it the right way, one way, this way, no other way. This is how we do it. McDonald's fries are not soggy fries. You got it. It's in the book. See? Hey, <laughs> it's very clear, though, when you walk through Tommy's business, this is an e-myth built business, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I already very told clear. him. He's, he's the e-myth garage door. Well, yeah, garage you know, door. the deal is I, I haven't been in town the last three months in and out of town, mostly for business stuff, but I'm not sitting there managing anybody, calling, asking them why. No trucks are breaking down. There's GPS, there's systems in place that we set a record. Two days ago, we set a record in service. We broke six figures in service, which I was really proud of wow. the first time. Just in service, not including door sales. So in a I'm day? Like, in a day, yeah. Wow. 
So one of the things I'm looking at is you go into a business and you've gotten into more broken businesses than probably anybody is everybody goes, where do I start? And I think for me, I want to look at, is there an organizational chart? Is there any type of uh, manuals or handbooks for what people are supposed to be doing and how do they no, win the game? That's not where you start. You tell me, this is interesting because okay. I want to hear yeah. both. You start guys. with a blank piece of paper and beginner's mind. Okay. Now hear me. Until you built your franchise model, now everybody's listening to think, well, I don't want a franchise, I don't want a franchise. What you got to understand is um, every single great company, whether that be Apple, whether that be uh, Microsoft, whether General that, Motors, all the, of them, the, the franchise is models. a turnkey franchise model. Because if it ain't a turnkey franchise model, you can't grow it. You cannot grow it with any degree of certainty. So until you've created a turnkey system, a turnkey methodology, lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfillment, the three-legged stool of every great company, you can't possibly grow it with any certainty whatsoever that you're going to be able to produce the result that you're setting out to produce. That's what Ken is able to do. You understand when Ken buys a broken business, he walks into that broken business knowing absolutely knowing what he's going to end up producing in the next 60 days, 90 days. He's going to turn that company around into his company. You understand? Right now, it's a blank piece of paper. He doesn't care what they do. He doesn't care how they do it because he's not going to go in and fiddle and faddle with whatever they think they're doing. That's how they got broken. He's going to go in, clean the slate, and start anew. And that a new will turn that company to 12 times results in a year. Think about that. Think of the miracle of that. So Ken's got his own little McDonald's franchise that Ken has built, perfected to the point where he's continually able to lay it down in a blank piece of paper, ripping away everything everybody else has done to turn his little business into a money machine. And that's what he's able to do. You know what's funny? Here's what's funny. 100% of the time, every broken business that I have fixed and turned around, the old owner, through gossip or to my face, tell me that I cheated them, that, that I underpaid them because look how good that business was that they had built. <laughs> and I always say, it wasn't that good when I, before I showed up, <laughs> but that's that's human nature. Yeah, yeah. You, you bought that business, and look what you made from that business. And Ken saying, "I stripped the sucker clean of all the garbage you had inside of it, so I could create a pristine, perfectly operating system that the people were proud to be a part of." Now, a new company completely. So when I say a blank piece of paper in beginner's mind, you understand that's literally what Ken does. Ken isn't buying a company, he's buying a location. That's all he's doing, he's buying a location in a market he wishes to pursue and doing that in a way that has worked so stunningly well for him. At least that's my version of it. Well, I will say yes for the most part. I've recently bought two companies, one in Simi Valley and one in San Antonio that have good foundations and I have good operators. Um, and, you know, we just, when I look at it, 
there's just a few little tweaks that need to be done to get it really ginning. And then they're plumbing companies, so we'll add our air conditioning brand together. That's where I'm going to get a lift on those. And what I like about that, that strategy is I'm coming in with big bases. I'm coming in with $12 million bases to start. I increase that base up to 18 immediately, and then I add my uh, you know, 18 to $20 million of air conditioning. Now I have a foothold in a market. Yep. Got it. Yeah, plus one of the things that I look for, I'm looking at seven businesses right now. And the guy that I talked to today said, I spent under 2% last year. I still did $4 million on marketing. So I said, he's making his phone ring because he's been there for 35 years. So how, you know, there's goodwill there that says, you're going to get 15 to 20 leads a day because you've got a great name. But I don't think he goes, well, one thing, I don't want my guys selling too much. And I go, What's, what's too much selling if they need parts? I don't I don't agree with that. Some people have this negative connotation. Sales are bad. Don't do sales. And I'm like, that's because you, you live at your house. You work from your home. Your wife works for you. Your son does the stuff. Your daughter answers the phones. You don't have insurance. The business fails when you leave. And you don't have a company. You're, it's so hard to tell people that want to sell their business for 30 years later that I don't. all I want to buy is your phone number. Nothing else. You haven't built anything. There's no. You've probably had to do this a lot. Is your business? I, I could get. I could pay you ten grand for your phone number. Yeah, well, I, don't, well, I learned a long time ago. Like I, I have all the strategies for acquisitions. One day we should probably do one of these podcasts and talk specifics, the details of acquiring companies, home service acquisitions. Uh, yeah, because you know. Can you make a suggestion? Yeah. Yeah, let me make you don't do a podcast on it. What I'm going to make the suggestion is you teach him how to do it. Because if you teach him what you know about acquisitions, you're going to blow his mind. You're going to blow his mind. You're going to do for him what I did for you in just writing that book. Yeah. The process, you're going to teach him something he doesn't know. I absolutely know that's true. And then you can do a podcast out of it after he does it. And then he can report about how he's tripled his results in a period of only six weeks just because he sat down with Ken Goodrich and learned the secret underlying how you acquire companies. Well, it's so funny because people say, why are you doing a podcast? Why do you share your secrets? What's the point? And I say, look, these people are calling me up saying, I like you and I want to sell to you because you're a good person. You're a good businessman. You treat your employees like family. And they say, I want my business that I work long and hard for to have a good home. So I think the podcast has given me a little bit better of an opportunity to reach out to business owners that might might be failing. Well, same situation. You know, my wife, it's, it's infuriated her for our whole 30 years of marriage. Why do you tell people? Why do you tell people all your secrets? Why do they come to the office? Why do they give them their forms? I'm like, well, one. They're probably never going to use them anyway. They don't. They read the book. They don't do it. But number two, uh, it's because one, I want to network. Like it's a networking thing, so that you know, one day we may uh, collaborate. One day you want, might want to sell the business. You know, all those sorts of things. And three, I just like giving back. But back to your other thing you said about just buying the phone number. Here's a little nugget for you. I learned a long time ago. People wonder, like, well, how do you get all the businesses to buy? Like, I'd go in, I'm always 
the ones everyone kind of wanted. I'm the ones who got them. And, and I don't, I certainly don't overpay, but it's because I give the guy across the table the respect he deserves because I have been in his seat. It's just that I got, I was able to evolve out of the seat he's in early on, but I know the agony that he's in and he's been through for 10, 15, 20 years. And so I don't want, I don't disrespect him by saying anything negative about his business. Of course. So when you say like, for instance, I, I'm, I can only buy your phone number. What do you want? What do you want to sell? He's, most of them say, I don't want, I don't, I, I don't want to worry about it. One transaction, you take my dirty Building trucks, the trucks yeah, whatever, I'm like done. We'll, we'll do it like that. Now, in my mind, I know day one, those dirty trucks are gone. We're moving out of that build, building. <laughs> you know, that inventory is in the trash, but I'm not telling him that because, you know, we all are kind of in this together, right? We're business people. We've all in this struggle. And so honor and respect what people are going through. And if you do that, you'll have a much better connection to make the deals. Yep. It's a great piece of advice. And that's also true of the work we've done over these 40 years, um, 43 years to this date. Um, the small business owners that come to us and the people who have read the e-myth, done the e-myth, the people we have coached in the process, um, and just multiples of businesses in 145 countries. Yeah. So it's universal. This is not just something that you do in Phoenix or in, um, wherever. But these people come with pain. And the pain is so absolutely clear on their faces. Um, they're so obliterated by the impact of the decisions they've made. Um, they don't feel stupid necessarily. They just feel like they're lost. They haven't a clue. How could it be so difficult to do what I set out to do? And when we're able to show them the difference between what they have learned how to do and what they failed to learn how to do, it just shocks them. <laughs> I mean, it literally shocks them. I know it shocked Ken. I wasn't there when it happened, but you understand he was in a tremendous pain. What to do? And then he reads a book that tells him exactly what to do, the first step, the second step, the third step. You understand seven steps of process that anybody can apply to do what Ken has done, that you have done. Seven essential, seven essential disciplines for building a company. <laughs> uh, you know, w when we were upstairs in my book club, we were reading your book and we go and discuss what we thought about after I think the third chapter. We, we read certain, I, we read it in four phases and then we had a meeting about it. Uh, Luke had his own company before and he sold to me. Bruce had his own t-shirt company. We had about four people there that had their own company and they said, well, why are you making us read this book? It seems like it's for an owner. I said, you guys are pretty much many owners in the company. You own a division, you know, you're our, they each owned a division, but they said to me, if I had this book when I was in business, it would have been completely different because I just owned a job. And I can't imagine. So many people are in the same shoes. I mean, a lot of the listeners of the podcast, they say, you know, where 
you got to listen to the book. I listened to it. I've read it. I've got every single thing of the different books uh, that you put out. And I know you're coming out with a lot of new. You're working on another book, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, well, I'm working on a new book all the time. But the right. last book we published was Ken's book. Right. But that's, that's a, one, that, yeah. that, but that book is one of a series of books. And those series of books are what we call vertical books. So hold up that book. That's the E-Myth HVAC Contractor, um, in which Ken is the co-author. I'm the author. In that book, I'm the generalist. Ken is the specialist. So I write in that book a chapter on marketing, and then Ken writes a book on the very same subject, a, a chapter on the very same subject following my chapter. But I'm the generalist. On, right, and, and how I applied what he How said. he applied well, what tactical, I You're tactical, he's strategy. You right. got it, yeah. you yeah. got it. So understand what happens then with these books, like the book you're gonna do. Yeah. What happens with these books is we are now telling a profound story from every single vertical market on the planet. And there are 322 vertical markets we're gonna publish a book for. That means we're gonna have 322 co-authors who've actually done the e-myth in exactly the way I've described it in all my other books to build a practice that works absolutely every single time that they can then replicate. So you understand what Ken did is he studied my book, The E-Myth Revisited, we held that up, and then did that book, which enabled him to become the co-author, the one HVAC contractor in the world to write that vertical book with me. Hey, so where does my vertical rank in <laughs> in your vertical list. Number one. Where does it rank? Now, what do you mean by where does it rank? Well, in, from your purview, from your view as being the most pure e-myth. <laughs> well, let me say that I'm not going to give you a ranking. Okay. I'm not going to give you a ranking. Because that if I gave you a ranking and you want to be number one, if I gave you that ranking, then what does my e-myth um, um, real estate agent Roster guy. say? Yeah, okay. And what does my e-myth real estate investor say? And what does my e-myth, et cetera, and so forth? So I, I'm not going to give you a ranking, but let me tell you what my true ranking is of you. Okay. You're the best student I've ever had. Let me put it that way. You're the best student I've ever had. And you're the best student I've ever had because I never met you until after you'd done what you'd done with the E-Myth. And you told me stories about what you'd done with the E-Myth in the application of it, in the creation of your alcohol practice. That's the first operating system that you developed. And then you applied it and applied it and applied it. But you did it and you use this word religiously. So understand you did it religiously. Lots of people do it, but not religiously. And when you told me I've read your book 39 times, and you didn't say 39 freaking times, you said 39 times, nobody has ever said that to me before. So understand, to me, what that says is you have been an absolutely faithful and religious student 
to the mindset and capability that I've written about and proven so well again and again and again and again. Or, or I have a reading retention problem. <laughs> no, but thank no, you very much. I no, really no, appreciate but hear that. Me. That's an honor to hear yeah, that. It, thank but, you very yeah, much. But hear me. You made light of it. Don't make light of it. I'm not. Okay. Please don't make light no, of I it. No, I appreciate because it. Because I don't. And when I say it, I say it with the deepest sincerity. And I'm saying to everyone out there, if you had just a bit of Ken's tenacity and perseverance and ability to truly see the genius in that book, not in me, in that book, in that process, you wouldn't understand just like Tommy Mello does, that your whole world depends upon it. Your entire world depends upon it. I'm talking about your life depends upon it. You get that? <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I'm really loud, so that's good. Uh, I love the story in the book that there's uh, this guy who goes to a hotel and he wakes up and it's the coffee he wants. He's got the Wall Street Journal. Everything's perfect. There's roses in there. The, he loves white roses, whatever. And he goes to the manager and he says, how did you guys do this? And he said, well, you filled out a questionnaire. We've got this book and it's a system. Everything's systems. And I just, when you really think McDonald's, I love McDonald's when I'm in China. I've been to Brazil. I've been to Canada. I've been to all these countries, and I love McDonald's because I know what I'm going to get. Right. I don't love McDonald's, but I just know it's this is what a burger, this is a Big Mac. And the fries, I know that the fries are just salted a certain way. And what I love about it is to apply that to my business. Now, it's not easy in the home service business because we've got a lot of other factors. But in, in your book, you said, the world is a treasure hunt for an entrepreneur. And now I feel like it's a treasure hunt. Now I'm like... Where are we going? How are we going to get to Canada? Australia's looking good. I mean, I'm going to be the largest, the, by far the largest company in North America. It's not even a question. It's happening right now. We're, we're going in. We're going to be in 13 states within the next two months, and I'm just going to blow it up. I talked to a company that's bigger than me, and I said, I want to buy your company. I told him that today. He said, I want to sell you certain markets. That's what he said. And we go and we plug and play now. The one thing that I think most people leave out is they build these great systems, but they don't build systems to find great people. So we got a system to find, train, orient, and retain great people. And that's the hardest part. That's what you hear these days. Huh, I could use three employees right now. i got more business than I can handle. The best economy that I've ever lived in in the last 60 years is the best economy. Mm -hmm. So people are saying, how do we get great people? And I'd love to hear your guys' take on that because people are the hardest thing. But I say, it's my process and my system to get the people. I'm not lucky. I'm always networking. People say I always be closing. I say I always be recruiting. So, what well, do you let, well, let me respond to, to the question. Sure. And it's the system stupid. It's the system. So I understand it's the system stupid. And so you're inviting people to come to your company to talk about an opportunity that they don't have currently. Everybody wants an opportunity. Everybody believes they're selling an opportunity, except most companies don't believe they are. They're selling a job. You're not selling a job, you're selling an opportunity. What's the opportunity? Let me tell you the story of my company. Let me tell you how I started my company. Let me tell you what I learned as I started my company. Let me tell you why that's important. So understand every single recruitment process starts with a story. A story, but a story that has heart because everybody has bullshit stories, but not real stories.
So every single person I ever hired from the very first day one, I told a story. Hi, I'm Michael E. Gerber. You don't know me. In fact, most people don't. But the fact of the matter, you will. If you survive this first 30 minutes, in the first 30 minutes, I'm going to tell you the story of my life and why it's the most important story you've ever heard in your life. That's and by the that. end of this 30 minutes, you're going to decide whether or not you want to go to the next step in the process. I'm not going to decide that for you. But in truth, you're going to decide that. And if you decide, yes, you want to go to the next step in the process, then you're going to tell me your story. And please tell me the story in the same way I told you mine. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you won't make it to the third step in the process. <laughs> and it's like that. You yeah. follow me? Yeah. No, so you imagine doing that. You can imagine doing that. Can you imagine Ken doing that? But can you imagine Ken now turning to his ex-colonel from the Air Force or the Army who's leading his company, and that colonel now is telling the story of how he came to meet Ken and why it was so different for him than other places he's gone in this motley place called America, where there is no discipline, where there are no warriors, where most people haven't a clue what it means to come out of the military looking for the second stage of your life that has meaning. So you understand how rich the stories can be. And they're not fabricated stories. That's really the story. You understand? Ken tells the story about what he just did. He tells it here and people get fascinated by it because Ken's a real guy and you're a real guy and you're saying, this is what I'm going to do and it's bigger than life. But you understand it's because your passion is bigger than life. Your conviction is bigger than life. And I'm saying that's true of every human being on the planet. Once they understand that they can be more than real life because they're now in the process of working with somebody who's bigger than life. Holy moly, what an extraordinary thing to understand. Yeah. The influence you have, the influence you have, the influence I have yeah. to become a thought leader among people who have never been inspired to go beyond the ordinary, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, that is just deadening, deadening, deadening to life source that in fact every single one of us are looking for like meaning you know you're 83 <laughs> and you're still kicking butt at this stuff so you've got all these books out you're what'd you say 347 you're putting out uh, so you're doing all these books co-author you're the main author getting the other co-authors you're talking on stage a lot tomorrow you're talking on stage um you're putting out new books i mean what yeah, what, but, what what's the Obviously, the plan is to share the message with yeah, everybody. Let me, let me tell you what it is. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you the heart of it. Uh, people ask me, so why do you do this? Well, I said why I did this when I started my first company. That was the Michael Thomas Corporation in 19-freaking-77. Hear me, 1977. That's a long freaking time ago. When I started that company, Tom and I sat down, and it took us maybe three months we had to answer the question, why are we doing this? What are we really intending to do here? So it became very clear to me 
four things. I had a dream, I had a vision, I had a purpose, and I had a mission. My dream then, in 1977, literally word for word, was to transform the state of small business worldwide. That's why we started the Michael Thomas Corporation, to transform the state of small business worldwide. Now, if you ask me, well, what does that look like? What does that feel like? How does it, I could tell you all of that, but we didn't need all of that because the great result we were there to produce was to transform the state of small business worldwide. I had a vision and my vision then in 1977 was to invent the McDonald's of small business consulting services. The McDonald's of small business consulting services, which means what? Turnkey. I had a purpose in 1977. My purpose was that every single small business owner who was attracted to what we do, our paradigm, could become as successful as a McDonald's franchisee or even a McDonald's franchiser. And to end that process, I had a mission. Mission. And my mission was to invent the business development system that was critical for me to realize my dream, my vision, and my purpose. You get that? Yes. The four personalities within an entrepreneur, the dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, the leader. The dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, the leader. Because if any entrepreneur is absent any one of those roles, they're lost. So Ken is a dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, and a leader. You're a dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, and a leader. And you've got to be explicit about what that is to transform the state of garage doors everywhere in the world. Are you shitting me? How do you do that? By having a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission. The McDonald's of. Why the McDonald's of? Because it's the most successful small business in the world. Today, all those years later, and the sucker was 52 years old, Ray Kroc, when he started it, when he started McDonald's, he was 52. Hey, tell them the, tell them the one interesting thing you said to me, or one of the interesting things you said to me in the past. You talk about the movie The Founder, and everybody who has a business should watch The Founder. I love The Founder where he says, they'll stick a hose in the, your mouth when you're drowning. But go ahead. So, and, and, and look at The Founder for what... It, Look at it from the business building You're standpoint. talking about oh, are they the doing movie. the chalk? The chalk? Mo the movie. Yeah, the movie. chalk outside. But the, okay. you told me one time, what do you believe the very best part of that movie was? And then you told me. Do you remember this conversation? No, but I know exactly what I would say today. All right, go ahead. If you asked me. Go ahead. But I said the guy who made that movie actually hated Ray Kroc. The guy who created the founder of the movie hated Ray Kroc. He demeaned Ray Kroc, he diminished Ray Kroc, he made Ray Kroc a greedy guy who took this great opportunity these McDonald brothers had, and then he seduced them into losing their business, exactly the opposite of what he did at 52 years of age. He created a stunning, stunning system. The best part of that movie, however, was when the McDonald brothers took out a whole what is it, a basketball court? Yeah, that's what the chalk, and they yes, chalked it. They, they chalked yes. out that sucker 
to the point that you could see every piece moving in every direction connected in a universal system. That universal system, chalked out, chalked out, you understand, is something no business owner has ever done. No business owner ever thought of doing. And they watch that movie and they don't even understand it. You follow me? Yeah. Ray Kroc was a genius. Ray Kroc, at 52 freaking years old, he walked over and saw that McDonald's hamburger stand and he said, my God, and they've only got a couple of locations? Yeah. There are tens of thousands of these waiting to be built. And that's what he did. Well, you Absolutely did the same amazing. thing, like like your trucks, like you have the best home service trucks that I've ever seen. I've seen thousands of them, right? But the way, tell us, tell us how you put that together, because this little place is where the screws go. This little place is where these rods go. And this is, everything fits. It is a, that is a rolling garage door. It's a machine. machine. And everybody that looks at my truck, so, so I said, I said originally, I'm sick of going to wrap companies. So I bought my own wrap company. I got my own printer, my own plotter, my own laminator. And now we've got skilled guys doing it. So I buy all these trucks from Enterprise. They're all the same. There's not one different. And then we weld the container in the back. We weld these. We get them powder coated. Everything's the same. Everything's got a spot and not the trucks. There's a light. There's a uh, there's a thing so you can charge your batteries. There's the iPad holder. And the thing is, is I can go in to – they're rolling chassis of a garage door company. And the smartest thing I did was last year I went to my manufacturer and I said, I don't want to be in the inventory business anymore. I want you to carry all the inventory from all my different manufacturers – You've got these huge warehouses. You're going to buy it. And you're going to sell it back to me. And they said, okay. I had to go to three of them. And they finally said, okay, so I could go into any city with no warehouses, with no inventory, except for the vans. And I go pick them up. And they get auto stuff from Service Titan. And do you know how great it is to be able to go to any city? Well, there's about 180 locations I could go to. The largest distribution center of residential garage doors in the world and, you know, you, you might think garage doors, but I say it's 40% of your home's curb appeal. It's the smile of your home. It's the best. And Remodel Magazine is the number one return on investment. And that's what I always tell my guys is this is an investment. This is what, when I talk to a homeowner, this is what you use every day. You don't use your front door. You use your garage. This is where you park your car. So I'm pretty passionate about garage doors. I love garage doors. <laughs> and I just see this huge void. The, the garage door industry is where the HVAC was in 1980. And that's what's so great. There's all these guys out there that are trying to do it, but they don't have a system at all. They don't have any. They say, and they're but, so but, content. But did, but did you hear what you said? And even more, did you feel what you said? Yeah, yeah just, of course you do. But you feel what you said. Nobody loves garage doors more than I do, is yeah. what you're saying. And I'm saying nobody loved McDonald's hamburger more than he did. You understand? I mean, they fall in love with what they do. They're passionate about what they do. They see a miracle in a garage door. They see a movie in a garage door, and so forth and so forth and so forth. Without that, what's the miracle? Yeah. You follow me. I, I, yeah. hey, let me jump in on that point. Yes. So we talked about that. You know, your passion for garage doors, right? So recently, well, with the last year or so. I came in contact with the new president uh, of a company that I had sold a number of businesses to uh, 
fix some companies for for a fee. You know, I was involved with them for a number of years, maybe eight years of my total career. Uh, but th- at first, those were the, that was the company that I was selling most of my businesses to. I'm not going to name the names. And so <laughs> I meet. I meet the new president. New president uh, is a nice guy, but he he was very credentialed. He worked for, uh, I think he worked for GE, and he had some an Ivy League degree and blah blah blah. And he was you know very polished guy. And so I started chat with him. I said, Hey, listen, I hope you don't mind this, but let me throw this at you, and maybe. Because I have a passion for the company, because I spent a lot of time there. You know, I was in the middle of it, and this is something that I was always passionate, but I couldn't get it there because I didn't have the role, or maybe I wasn't big enough. But you know why that company's not a three billion dollar company and completely owns the space? And he says, "Why?" And I said, "Because there's no one at the top." That is passionate about the work you do. There's no one on path that knows it and lives it and, and, and understands the intricacies of that business and are creating it like a Steve Jobs who knew the details of how this machine worked. I said, all the time that I've been there, ever since it's been there, everyone at the top has the mindset of, let's get some lipstick, let's put some lipsticks up, let's put some lipstick on this pig and sell it. And that was that's the mindset of the company, which translates into the culture of the company, right? Everything's based on that. There's none of this passion. There's no story to the business. Now, he didn't get it, or he took offense to it, and he said, "Well, maybe I should just quit then." I mean, that was his yeah, comeback. Right. Maybe I should. Well, maybe that's it, a different version of up yours. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, right. maybe you should, but. Uh, <laughs> Because I clearly know now, I mean, we go on this journey, like, like I've clearly got my mind and I've, ma- I've accomplished everything I put in my mind. I'm going to pull another half a billion dollars off this company. And I clearly see now how to get it to a billion dollar company. And, and, and it's, it's really about staying back. Don't get caught up in the fray. Don't get caught up in the noise every single day. You stay back and you're a business builder. Yeah, you're a business builder. Yeah. Well, big, but let me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you understand you've already done it. In short, you've already done that sweat equity thing that is so critical to investing yourself in the detail of every single part and parcel of that small company. So you've taken that small company and scaled it. Now, everybody's using that language, you understand, but you've done it literally. You've literally replicated it successfully to the point where you can replicate it infinitely. So you can pick a number and you can get there. It's that simple. It's almost mechanics. You can pick the market, do exactly what you do and replicate that and then leave it behind and leave on to another and another and another and that on the calendar you can predict exactly what's going to happen uh one thing to that point sorry we're going over but no, listen, no, no, this is good listen. forever so my gm my gm here in phoenix uh in 2000 we're, we're doing our budgets say uh 
September 2017 for 2018, or 2018 for 2019, right? And he puts the budget together, and he puts some menial growth rate on it, you know, like... 10 uh, or 15. 10, yeah, 10, 15, or 7. But, like, you know, I'm not even interested if it's not over 40. But he puts it together, and, you know, he has all his reasons why and blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I'm not accepting this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and I want you to reverse engineer the business and say, if I wanted to do 50 million from, from 25, I wanted to do 50 million in 2020, what are all the elements I need? What's the org chart look like? How many trucks do I need? How many calls do I need? What do I mean technicians? What's my recruiting plan? What's my retention plan? What's my um, marketing plan? You know, all the stuff, right? You put that together and you come back and you show me how you're going to do $50 million in 2020. So he's a little puzzled, but he, he does it. And he comes back, he comes back, he's so excited, like, I figured it out. Like, I know I need this many trucks, this many calls, this is the or this many adding people, this many this. And, you know, he figured it out. I said, okay, that's your goal. So now, you know, he blazed past 2019. He hit it up, knocked it out of the park, and now he's on. Now he's on pace for uh, this year. But he's clear. I'm doing 50 million. I'm doubling the size of the business in 24 months, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. And January, he was 105 percent up year over year in January. February, he's pacing 100 percent mm. up year over year. You know why? Because he didn't look at it like, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow ten percent this year. I'm gonna, you know, he said, I said, reverse engineer the business. Say, what would it, what would we need to get there? And that's well, what he's doing. Well, but do you, but do you, yeah, but do you realize yeah. how significant that is? Well, that's exactly. You stole my thunder because I said <laughs> I need to get to a billion. I need two thousand technicians. How do I get to two thousand technicians? Fifty a month is six hundred a year times three gets me eighteen hundred. That gives me just under a billion dollars. I got that number. Every manager out there will tell you how many technicians we need to get to a billion. A year ago, they would have said, you're freaking nuts. There's no way the garage door company is going to do a billion dollars. I said, so how do we get, we've got a full-time recruiter. We've got a recruiter assistant. We've got two full-time trainers. And I said, we got to start marketing for employees. I'll get the jobs. We need the people to run the jobs. So 2,000 technicians with 15 jobs a week gets us to a billion. Wow, I like that. It's nice and clean. It's, I mean, and, and when you when you break it down to the ridiculous, you could get it done, right? You, you can see it. You hear me? This this client, who, a, a, a beloved client, um, he's done everything I've said until he stopped. Hear me? Did everything I said until he stopped. And the last conversation we had, I said, "So, what is your plan for next year?" He said, "Well, we're going to grow by ten percent." And I said, what do you mean by 10%? He said, I'm really happy where we are. Now hear me, I'm really happy where we are because where he is is so much bigger than where he was. And yet he doesn't then see the possibility. He all, was of the all of the lives that guy could have a profound impact, the families that guy could have a profound impact on, the organizations that get, you understand he's not called you're called 
yeah. and you're cold. But you even don't realize how important it is. So understand, you're cold, but you don't really understand how important it is. You don't understand the strategic significance of what you're doing. Because when you do what you're doing, when you do what you're doing and teaching that general manager to do, you're suddenly transforming the reality of ordinary lives in a way they don't even appreciate. And in the process of doing that, you're truly transforming the state of economic development worldwide. Hear me. You are at the core of what my dream, vision, purpose, and mission are. To transform the state of economic development worldwide, by transforming the state of entrepreneurial development worldwide, by transforming the state of small business development worldwide. And in the process of doing that, the contribution you're making everywhere. Understand everywhere. And that's the story. And I'll stick with it. I love because it. it's doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. Even while you're sitting here with me speaking, it's having an impact in every community you're in, in ways you just don't appreciate. I'm here to tell you I appreciate it because it's significant. I love that. Yeah. Great it, job. Thank great you. Job. That's great. Uh, you know... I just want to end with one thing. I had a clear picture of what this company was going to be. I had a clear picture in my mind. I said I wanted to grow, and I knew I wanted to be the largest in North America. Now I think in all the world. And I acted like the company I wanted to be, and that's what you talk about in the book. It's funny because have a clear picture in the maturity phase. Act like the company you want to be, and uh, begin to learn the vision of who you're going to become. And that's really what the end in sight of really what, what we're all preaching here. So yeah. thank you so much for being here. And I had a great By time. That was a great hey, way to end it. I hey, want to say, no, before you end it. Okay, go ahead. Before you end it, before you end it, I want you to remember this. That's your story. So understand when they ask you to speak at the chamber, when they ask you to speak at um, the University of Texas, when they ask you to speak here and there, and you should be, in fact, doing that. When they ask you to speak that, you tell this story. Because this story is transforming the state of economic development right here where I live, every single place I am and the places I'm not, because I'm essentially talking about the American dream. That's what makes our country the most successful country ever to have lived and been born on this planet. Think about that. At the heart of it is the heart of an entrepreneur. And at the heart of that is God. So hear me, that's what we've been told from the very beginning. At the center of this is my passion for life in a way that nobody, nobody can take away from me. And that's what we intend to bring every place we go. And that's what you do. And that's what you do. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. I love that. This is great. I'm so glad you guys came today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Thanks. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, most people don't understand this, but the way that the podcast has grown is when people subscribe and they leave a review. So if you would please, 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 why it's top of mind, take a quick minute to subscribe and leave a quick review. It'll help me out so much. If you just took a little bit of time right now, 
I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate the listeners and the feedback. And also when you subscribe, what I'm going to do is let you know the next guest coming on the podcast. And I'll let you email me anything you want me to ask that next person coming on. All the pros I have on here, I want your feedback. I want you to subscribe so you can start giving me the questions you want me to ask and help us grow together. Also, I'm giving away my book for free now. All you got to do is go to homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash podcast. You got to cover the shipping and handling, but I'm giving the material out for free. It's 200 pages. It's a hardcovered book. Homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash podcast. I appreciate each and every one of the listeners. And thank you for making this Home Service Expert podcast a success. I hope you're having a great day. And thanks again.